Welcome to another service at Family Worship Centre, where Jesus Christ is Lord. This morning's message on a study by Pastor Adrian Rogers, prayer, wonderful, mighty prayer. The reasons for prayer. Why do we need to pray? Learn from God's Word this morning, Matthew chapter 7, the power in prayer. Wonderful, wonderful prayer. There's a true saying, seven days without prayer makes one week. Join with us this morning as we worship and learn from God's mighty word, the wonderful union we have with God through prayer. Praise God. On prayer, a study in prayer given by Pastor Adrian Rogers, which I want to share with you this morning. Prayer. Why pray? Why pray? Now let's read the Word of God. Matthew chapter 7, reading verses, uh, I'll just turn up there, 7 and 8. Ask and it shall be given you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone, underline that word everyone. Sometimes people think <laughs> you have to be someone special for God to do something for you. Jesus said, everyone. For everyone that asketh, receive it, and seek it, find it. And he that seeketh, find it. And to the one that knocks, it shall be opened. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8. Ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone, everyone, that ask it, receive it. <clears throat> and he that seek it, find it. And to him that knocks, it shall be opened. Now, this morning's message on prayer. Why do we have to pray? Let me tell you first and foremost, there is no substitute for prayer. Absolutely, you cannot substitute anything for prayer. Now, you might be able to, if there's an accident and you lost a leg or two legs, you might be able to substitute those legs with artificial legs. We saw on TV of a South African sprinter that is going to apply to run in the Olympics when he's going to put on those artificial legs and he's doing quite well. He could substitute his legs. <coughs> you might be able to substitute a telephone for a, probably a fax machine or you might be able even to use an email or a female. <laughs> but there is no substitute for prayer. No substitute for prayer this morning. Eloquence is not a substitute for prayer. Energy is not a substitute for prayer. Enthusiasm, that's not a substitute for prayer. Neither is your intellect a substitute for prayer. God wants us to pray the greatest untapped, unused power in the universe, we're going to find out is mighty prayer. Prayer. Now, people want to tap into the energy of the waves and of the sun and of the wind and of the nuclear. But the greatest power in the universe today is the power of prayer. The wonderful power of prayer. Jesus told us here, yeah, ask 
and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it will be open unto you. Now, today we're going to find three easy ways, <coughs> three easy ways, and I'm going to put it into three easy sections, for the reason for prayer. Now, why does God want us to pray? When Jesus clearly told us that God knows everything. God knows everything. God is love. God's going to provide for you. God's child. God knows the beginning from the end. Then why do you have to pray? He knows your needs. He'll protect you. Why pray? Jesus clearly taught our heavenly Father knows your need before you ask him. So why pray? Why is this infinite God of love asking us to pray? We have read we want to uh, read uh, just again Matthew chapter 6 verse 7 and 8 if you go back one chapter but when you pray use not vain repetitions as the heathens do for they think they shall be heard for their much speaking be not you therefore like them for your father knoweth the things you have need of before you ask him so why pray well we don't pray to impress God number one number two we do not pray to inform God then why do we pray if we don't pray to impress God and we don't pray to inform God we pray to invite God amen we pray to invite God into our boat we pray to invite God into our situation we pray to invite God into our life we pray to invite God into our daily living into our situation that's why we pray. Wonderful invitation. Praise God. So now we're going to see that we want to invite God where? Into our hearts. Amen? That's where the invitation should come from, and that's where God should go to. Don't leave the heart door closed. And then you're going to find out why prayer is not answered. Why invite God in your life? Why should you invite God into your life? We're going to go through three reasons. The first reason is the delight factor. It's a delight to know the Lord. It's a joy. The delight of walking and talking and sharing and knowing and whispering and, and hugging and leaning on the everlasting arms. These are the wonderful truth. God wants you to love him. He can run the universe without your prayer and my prayer. He can do everything without us. But if he didn't not get you and I working through us, we would not know the delight of working with him. We'd never know the delight of sharing with God in this universe. Working with God in this mighty expanse is a wonderful delight. God is moving by his spirit. Amen? And God wants to show you and share with you the wonderful way he moves. And there's a delight when you are with God. Now, Jesus spoke in chapter 15, verse 4 of John. Jesus preached and he said, He's the branch and you are the vine. Now, the reasons for prayer is to abide in him. Jesus said the branch must abide in the vine. So we pray to him. And it's a binding force that keeps us in him and him in us. That's what prayer does. It keeps Christ in you and keeps you in Christ. 
That's the reason why God wants us to pray. God wants us to have this unity and it's brought about through prayer. We cannot do it without him and he will not do it without us. I'm going to say that again. We cannot do anything without him and he won't do anything without us. Do you know that? <laughs> God won't do anything without using you. He will use you. You look at this word. He uses us. God has faith in you. We sang this morning, have faith in God, but God has faith in us. Now, a college asked a pastor once, he was large college, if he could come down and minister in another state. And the pastor said he was very busy. He didn't know if he could fit it in his schedule. And they said, look, we'll send up a pilot for you, a jet pilot. We'll fly you down and fly you back up. In that way, you know, you won't have to take a train or drive. So the pastor said, okay. So off he went, and he went to the airport, and of course there was the, the jet, the good man, the lovely-looking man. He was a jet pilot, but when he looked at the plane, <laughs> it didn't look like a jet plane. It looked like an old boiler plane, uh, a teapot of a plane. So anyway, he got in. So as they were flying, the pilot said to the pastor, would you like to fly the plane? And they were sitting next to each other, and the pastor said, well, I'd love to. So he said, well, there's the pedals, and he has the uh, uh, stick, whatever it is, and uh, th these are the instruments, and so he started learning from the pilot, and he took control, and the pilot was giving him uh, a wonderful time. They were flying together. They were starting to bond. They were having fun. They were having fellowship as the pilot, who was in control of the plane, who knew all about flying, was letting this passenger, a pastor, have a go at flying this aeroplane. And so we see the pilot was sharing his knowledge, his responsibilities, his duty with the pastor. And the pastor was leaning on the dependency of the pilot to show him the right things to do. Now that's the example of prayer. That's a good example of prayer. God can do it without us. We cannot do it without him. But God allows us the thrill of sharing this wonderful joy, just like the pilot was showing the pastor, and the pastor was taking on a bit of responsibility of flying. He couldn't do it without the pilot, and the pilot was doing it through him. The pilot could do it without him, but there was a bonding, there was a fellowship, there was fun, there was union, and prayers like that. When you go to God, this is how God gives you a delight. The delight in prayer. Prayer is delightful. Prayer is not boring. The joy that God puts in your heart. Do you know that many times they would look for Jesus? The Bible says he would get up early and go and pray. And they said, Lord, all men seek you. And Jesus said, I know what you're looking for. You're looking for food for your bellies. But I have other things to do. Other meet other cities to go to and he was a man of prayer we heard this morning and we're going to come this around that what Yolanda said about prayer the delightful factor of prayer is why we need to pray you learn that it's a delight to pray God will put a smile on your heart and as a result of a smiling heart you'll have a smiling face and a smiling life when you pray do you know the saying Seven days without prayer makes one week. So it's true, isn't it? You will find that you'll be weak 
without prayer. The second factor is the development factor. You learn to grow as you pray. You will grow as you pray. Now, you don't have to be a poet, and you don't have to start saying flowery things. If your little daughter or your son or your granddaughter as she grows up came into the door and said, Oh, wonderful father, you're so good today. May I have something from the fridge, you think? Something's wrong with her. <laughs> God doesn't want you to say all that to him. Oh, wonderful father, this day. God is your father. You will grow in grace as you pray to God. Now, there, I'll give you an example. A little boy growing up, and he grew up, and he had his aunt, this girl, and he wanted to date her, and he became a teenager, and he asked her out for a date. <laughs> so she said no. So he said, oh, maybe my bad breath. So he made sure he cleaned his dental, and, you know, his, he made sure his teeth and his breath was clean. And then he asked her out for a date again. And she said no. And he thought, oh, it must be my hair, or I'm untidy. And he started dressing properly and combing his hair nicely and polishing his shoes and making himself look really nice. And he asked her for a date again. And she said no. And he thought, oh, it must be my manners. I've got to improve on my manners. You know, when I drink my soup, I've got to make sure I don't... <coughs> and I've just got to <laughs> just learn to be more mannerly. And then he asked for a date again. And she said yes. Now, why do you, what happened? Why did she say yes? I'll tell you what was happening. Before she said yes, that boy was changing, wasn't he? He was, he was changing. He, he was asking and he was doing things and he was changing. And when you start asking God, and God don't seem to answer you sometimes, but you keep on asking, you know what's happening in your life? You're slowly changing. God, you don't realize it, but you're changing. You're growing. You're getting better. God's doing it for a reason. You're brushing your hair spiritually. You're washing your teeth spiritually. You're looking better in the spirit. You're growing. And then God says, yes. So God, by his grace, gives it to you. Now, prayer is not for self, for selfishness. But don't confuse prayer for your personal prayer. But prayer is not, prayer for your person is good. If you pray for selfishness, it's never heard. A development factor is that God helps you grow. It's a delight to pray, and it's a development when you pray. So you can see what you're missing out when you don't pray. No delight, no development. And then you wonder why things go wrong in our lives. The second factor is the dependence factor. The delight factor, the development factor, and now the dependence factor. I want you to know this truth. God never wants you to live independent of him. Say amen. Amen? We heard this morning, and it's true. When God sent Adam and Eve out of the garden, he went with them. He went with them. God never wants you to live a life independent of God. Never. Never in God's plan. God wants you to be dependent on Him at all times. You mean in big things only? No. The tiniest things to the biggest things. Learn that truth. God wants you to be dependent on Him. If God would do things for you without praying, 
that will fail in the promise of the dependence of the branch in the vine. That will fail, wouldn't it? If God just did things for you all the time, you would never be depending like a branch in the vine. Amen? So we, God shows us you have to depend on God. And prayer is the answer. It would be a tragedy if we did not have the delight in prayer, if we did not have the development in prayer, if we did not have the dependence of prayer, our bonding with Christ would never be so strong. Now I said before, it's not how long we pray, how much we pray, it's not our intellectual. Do you know in the presence of God, if you cleared your throat, God hears that. Amen? God knows you. Now, let's look at the other reason for prayer. We spoke about reasons, the reason for prayer. Now we're going to speak about the request of prayer. The request of prayer. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, ask. Prayer is asking. You know, we don't have, James says, because we don't ask. Now, it's a command of God to ask. I said to you before, God knows everything. God knows why. And I spoke to you how God wants us to ask. Jesus said, ask. And you be specific in your asking, Lord, I need to have my house paid off. Help me to earn so that I can pay that off. I'll give you glory. Lord, help me. I have a physical ailment. My leg is hurting. Oh, Lord, my family needs. Name that and ask. And ask in faith. Now, it's a sin not to ask. Do you know that? You're not trusting God. If you don't ask, ask. Now, there are many a great problems, not because of unanswered prayer, but because of unasked prayer, unoffered prayer. There are so many problems because you haven't even prayed about it. You have not asked. You've told God about it, but you haven't asked him to resolve it. Oh, Lord, look at this. Look what's this. Look at that. Lord, look at this. Lord, I'm going there. Lord, ask God for what? you want ask him and the bible says he bible says ask and you shall receive for god is love jesus said in luke 8 1 men ought always to pray the words of jesus jesus said always pray watch and pray jesus said these words so how can we live a life as christians and not follow what Jesus said in Luke and in Mark and in the, in, the, in, the, in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 the apostle Paul says in the word of God be careful for nothing but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving pray to God amen so we see that these are the wonderful truths in the word of God God is sort of testing us of the way we should pray and what we should... Now, if you want to... The greatest test, I should say it this way, is that if you can't pray about it, you shouldn't have it. Amen? If you can't talk to God about what you're looking for and what your need is, you shouldn't have it. Because you can't pray to God about it. Therefore, it's not good for you and God won't even give it to you. So you're not praying about it because it's not good for you. Amen? So that's a good way of putting it. Now, if you can pray. Now, 
Let me tell you, sometimes you can pray for the wrong thing. Amen? I've prayed for the wrong thing. <laughs> but when you realize it's the wrong thing, you can still, you know, you can pray to God for the wrong thing. You can say, Lord, help me to re get this wrong thing out of my mind. You can pray like that. God knows everything. Say, Lord, this is a wrong thing. I bring it to you. I'm praying to you. I'm asking you to take that wrong thing, that wrong desire away from me. You can pray and ask God to deal with that wrong thing. Okay? So we can see then there will be no barrenness when we pray about it. And you can ask God and God will give it to you. And even if it's a wrong thing, God will give us grace to carry on. Now, the responsibility is on us to pray and it's God's responsibility to give us. Amen? That's asking. Now, what about seeking? What is seeking? So, so it, it's, it's a desire to ask. That's what I want to leave with you, a desire. You know, when you have a desire, you want to go out with someone, ask them. Ask them out. Talk to them. There's a desire there, isn't it, for you to ask. Now then, seeking is what? When you're seeking, it's a discernment, isn't it? You know, it's funny how we pray in it. We close our eyes, but we want to see Jesus. We want to talk to Jesus, but we know he's a, there's a universe between us and Jesus. You wouldn't say, if there's a bloke on the road, they're walking there, you know, and you start talking, how are you going, Jimmy? People think you're mad. He's across the road. You're talking to yourself. But discernment, discernment is the wonderful truth about seeking. You really can't see it, but you know, you're discerning, you know it's there. Amen? That's what God's saying, how you must seek. Seek and you'll find. You can't see it, you know it's there, you're looking, and you're going to find it. You haven't seen it, you're looking for it, so God's given you the discernment. Not only the desire, but the wonderful discernment, and that's what prayer brings. Only prayer brings that. So without that design discernment, you can imagine what shipwreck will happen in our lives and how many times we are thrust through with swords of sorrow, arrows of anguish, because we fail in this particular growth of our Christian walk. Amen? Of prayer, the reasons for prayer, discernment. God will give you your answer. Even if you ask him for the wrong thing, you can speak to him and God will always answer you. Don't confuse your personal needs with selfish needs. You can ask God for your personal needs, and God will give it to you. Amen? God wants to give it to you, but listen to this. Maybe God wants you to know that he wants to give himself to you more than you want that thing. <laughs> and so now, you, this thing now is all you want. And God's saying, hey, what about me? I told you the story of the father that was a soldier who went to Vietnam and he had come back with this, sprayed this foliage and he had this, what they thought was a terrible, very infectious disease, so they put him in an isolation unit and in that unit he made a little toy and a little boat for his son and he gave it to the nurse and he was standing up in the isolation unit and he could see through the glass and he gave it to the nurse to give to his boy with his wife down in the foyer. And as the nurse took the toy and gave it to the boy, the, the little boy grabbed the toy, hugged the nurse, gave the nurse a kiss, and the father's up there saying, Hey, I sent it. Me, look up, look up, yeah. I sent it to you, son. 
and the boys kissing the nurse and hugging the nurse. And, oh, there's a little boy. He's looking at the gift and the person who brought it, but he wasn't looking at the one who gave it. Now, sometimes in prayer, God wants to teach us that, hey, hey, look up. I sent it. Know me first. I gave it. Don't put your eyes full. Yes, I gave you the gift. I'll give you more gifts. All right? Discernment, discernment, seeking, finding. Now, we're going to see this wonderful truth. Now, God, I want you to learn something about this wonderful, this is a beautiful truth. I want you to learn this truth and never, ever forget it. Listen to this. God does business with those who mean business. Say amen. You want to do business with God? You need to mean business with God. God will do business with you if you mean it. If you don't mean it, well, a double-minded person is unstable in all his ways. God will do business with a person who means business. Amen? Always remember that truth. Say, God, I mean it. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. You said it. I believe it. That settles it. In for a penny, in for a pound. I mean it. Though he slay me, yet will I praise him. When I die, I know in his likeness I shall arise. I shall see his face on that heavenly shore. I mean business with God. That's a wonderful truth. Ask, desire, seek the discernment. Now, knock. What does knocking mean? Knocking means determination. Be determined. Be a determined person. Say, I am determined to follow Jesus. I will not be moved. Now, what do you knock on? An open door? You don't knock on an open door. You knock on a closed door. So Jesus says things are going to be closed in your experience. There are things in life that you're going to want and it's going to be closed to you. So what do you do? Come to the door, rattle it, and walk away? Jesus said, knock on that door. Knock on that door. Now, that is verb in the present tense. That verb is in the present tense. It means keep on knocking. Don't stop knocking. Keep on knocking. Keep on knocking. Now, sometimes God will give you what you want. Sometimes he'll give you something else. And sometimes he might deny your request. But denials are not delay delays are not denials. <laughs> you know, they send up a a weapon these days and it's got what they call a delayed detonator. <laughs> it goes up and it goes and it's hitting and it's coming down and people say, Oh look, nothing's happening. But there's a delayed detonator there, and all of a sudden. Boom! It goes off. God's, your prayers, <laughs> although they be delayed, they're not denied. Never forget that. They're not denied. You can wait. Keep on knocking. Jesus in Luke chapter 11 verse 5 was talking about prayer. He said, which of you having a friend who came at midnight and said to him, dear friend, I have some people that have come at night with me and I have nothing to set before them. I need three loaves. And the friend within said, go away. I'm in bed with my family. The door is now locked. 
and I cannot get up and give you anything. In those days, you know, they'd lock the outer door with a heavy beam. They'd lock the inner door. The outer door had all the sheep and the cattle. And they never used to have houses with rooms for kids like we have. They all slept in the main bedroom and the kids were on the floor and they were all in one big bed as it were. The parents were on this side. And he said, go away, everything's locked, go away. I'm in bed, it's midnight. And what did the friend do? The friend kept on knocking. And what did Jesus say? Jesus said, he never got up because it was his friend. He got up because of his importunity. What does it mean? Because of his urgency. Because of his persistency. He got up and gave him all that he required. Being persistent, urgent in your prayer. That's determination. Keep on knocking. In Luke chapter 18, we see a beautiful story as well where Jesus is talking about a judge and a widow. Now, Jesus said there was an unjust judge that feared not man nor God. Many are judges like that in the world today, isn't it? They don't, they're in there for position to make whatever they can. They don't fear man, they don't fear God. But there was a woman who had a problem and kept coming to this unjust judge and said, help me with my case, avenge me, avenge me with my case. And this, listen to what this unjust judge said. He said, I don't fear God, I don't fear man, but I'm, this woman is going to continually worry me. I have to fix up her case. <laughs> Else she's going to pester the life out of me. So he fixed the case up for her. Now Jesus said, if an unjust, ungodly, evil judge can look after a woman's case down here, how much your holy father in heaven, who loves you so much, do for you if you ask him. Determination. Don't turn away. Keep on coming. Prayer delayed is not denied. Bear with God night and day. Night and day, pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, because it doesn't happen straight away, don't think you should stop knocking. Now, Jesus told of a story of um, the woman again who came to Jesus and she said, Dear Lord, my daughter, my only daughter has a demon and she's possessed with this demon and it's taking her life, ruining her. It's killing her. It's strangling her. You know what Jesus said? I'm not sent but to the lost sheep of Israel. Why should I take the children's bread and give it to you? I'm feeding the children of Israel. Do you know that woman could have thought, well, here am I. This is supposed to be the Lord Jesus Christ, which I've heard about. He's saying, ask and you shall receive. He's saying, seek and you shall find. And yeah, I come and he tells me, I'm sent to the house of Israel. I'm not sent to any outcast. So she walked away. That's not what the Bible says. That's not what the Bible says. The Bible says she was determined. She was a determined woman. And she said, you're exactly right, Lord. <laughs> She's keeping on. She's knocking. She's hammering. She's not letting him go. She's not letting him go. You're exactly right, Lord. But you know, it's also true that the puppies eat the bread that falls from the master's table. <laughs> the Lord said, woman, great is your faith. See the knocking on the heart of God's door. Be it as your heart's desire. And from that self-same minute, the demon spirit left that daughter. Isn't that wonderful? Prayer, determination. Now, sometimes it doesn't happen straight away. Elijah, in the book of Kings, he had prayed that God closed the heavens for nearly three and a half years, roughly. 
And then he spoke to Ahab and he said, I'm going to pray and God's going to send rain. I can hear the sound of an abundance of rain. There was no rain. Now he went up with his servant to Mount Carmel. And from Mount Carmel, we've been there. You can see the whole of the sea. And it's on the top of the mountain. That's where the fire fell. And he said to his servant, I'm going to pray now. You go and tell me when it's rain, when you see these dark clouds. Elijah, we talk about Elijah, a great man of God who went up in a chariot, a flaming fire. He prayed. He sent his servant out. Servant came back. The clouds changing, any clouds on? He said, nothing. So Elijah gave up praying. No, he already told the king, it's going to rain. Do you know that Elijah prayed like that seven times? Seven times. What a determined man Elijah was. The second time he sent a servant, this great man of God, and nothing happened. Third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time. Go and have a look if its clouds are changing. Are there any clouds on the rising? Is the weather changing? And the servant came back and said, Elijah, it's still boiling hot out there, mate. It's the sun is shining. It's as hot as anything. I don't see a cloud in the sky. Elijah gave up. The seventh time, Elijah prayed. He said, go and see if there's anything on the horizon. The seventh time, God's perfect number, he came back and he said, I see a cloud the size of a man's fist. <laughs> That's all you need. That little crack in the wall. It takes a little spark to get a fire going. And he said, go and tell Ahab, get on your chariot because there's a downpour coming. It'll catch you before you get to your palace. And the Lord sent the rain. That's determination. That's wonderful determination. Desire, discernment, determination. Wonderful, wonderful truths that we could hold on to and adhere to. Now, going through very quickly, delays are not denials. But here's another truth. Don't try and pick God's fruit before it's ripe. Amen? <laughs> Don't pick God's fruit before it's ripe. How many times we went to Maria's restaurant, we had beautiful strawberries, wonderful, lovely grapes for dessert. Lovely, ripe fruit. Pick just ripe. God wants you to pick the fruit that he gives when it's ripe. So, don't worry when sometimes you're praying and you don't see the result. The fruit is just not ripe yet. Amen? God is going to bring it about. God is faithful. God will bring it about. The Lord Jesus Christ, we heard this morning, you know, he came to his disciples, he said what? Pray with me. My heart is grieved. He was like a, a horse that was, you know, tired and, and grieving. That's the type of breath he had in him on his last. And he went and prayed once in the garden, and he came back, and that was it. How many times did he go and pray? Three times. Asking, seeking, knocking. If Jesus could do it, how much more we? That's what prayer, the reason for prayer, the wonderful truth about prayer. We are to keep on knocking. Don't start knock, knocking until the doors close. You can't stop if God's put the answer in your heart that the situation would be in hand. Amen? 
Sometimes God does that. He gives you peace in your heart. And you can stop asking because you know it's there. But don't stop until he answers you. Going very quickly, Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 had a, something that was worrying him. He asked the Lord how many times to remove it. Three times. The Apostle Paul said, Lord, remove this thing from me. Three times and God didn't remove it. Asking, seeking, and talking. God still hears and answers prayer. Now, the, the last one we've heard about, the reasons for prayer, the request in prayer. Now, what about the reward? Of prayer. You know there's a reward when you pray? <laughs> Not the reward wanted dead or alive. We scratch out the live. The reward for the dead in Christ. In prayer. Amen? There's a reward when you pray. You want a reward? Pray. Read your Bible. Pray every day. Seek God's wonderful face. There's a reward. He said, if your fathers, which son, when the father rewards him when he asks, gives him a fish, won't give him a serpent, when he asks for an egg, he rewards him. He won't give him a, a scorpion. And if your father rewards you like that on earth, how much more will your heavenly father reward you? Amen. Who's holy, who loves you. There's a reward in prayer. I'm going to stop there. But I just want you to remember the wonderful truth of what Jesus taught us about prayer. Encourage you in your prayer life. Encourage myself in our prayer life. Let's pray. Father... We thank you this morning for your wonderful word. And you said, pray like this, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive them that trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Father, we love you for prayer. Teach us to pray more. Help us to remember these wonderful truths that you will do business with those who mean business. And us to teach us how to pray, to ask, to seek, and to never stop knocking, to have the faith in Christ and what he did at the cross when he said it is finished. All power is given to me that with you all things are possible. Father, if there be one whose God hasn't accepted Jesus as their Savior this morning, or if there's one listening to this message, whether they be at home or driving or wherever they are, that you might touch such a one, knowing there is a God who hears and answers prayer. Pray a prayer like this, dear Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins and not praying to you. But this morning I pray that you would forgive me, heal me, cleanse me, change me, I ask you for forgiveness. I seek your righteousness. I'm knocking on heaven's door. Save me, Jesus. Did you pray a prayer like that? Well, if you prayed a prayer like that, your heavenly Father will give you your heart's desire and you are saved. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen.